I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by Bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers brought to you by bookmakers.com. It is full-time Reds, finished at Anfield, Liverpool 1, Fulham nil. Uh, show tonight brought to you by bookmakers.com. Head on over to their website if you're into a little bit of the sports gambling uh, to get the best odds on all the sports from all the best bookmakers. They got good stats and analysis on there as well, but mostly you should subscribe to their YouTube channel so you can catch Gab's show that he does there on Thursdays. He'll have another one coming out this weekend. Which should be good, seeing as it usually has a Spurs fan on. And I believe some uh, hilarious things happened when we played Spurs at the weekend. So that'll be fun to listen to. Great Join tonight. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. Joined tonight by uh, Chris and Kev. Chris, how was uh, You were at the uh, Spurs game on the weekend. I know that's not the show we're doing, but I mean, you got to let us know how that was. Oh, it was great, mate. Uh, the first 20 minutes were amazing. And the last two were even better. <laughs> uh, should never have got to that, but, you know. If you'd have said to me, look, we're going to win it, but Charles is going to score, and then 90 seconds later, we're going to score the winner and break his heart. I mean, I'll be honest, I'd have took that all day, to be honest. And yeah. I laughed my arse off. I had the moany arse behind me who left bang on 3-3. Told you be 3-3. So I quite like the fact that they also didn't <laughs> get much. Uh, they uh, wouldn't have gotten very far. I'm sure they still got to enjoy the winner. Yeah. Probably, I, went, you know, I, saw, I, saw plane fly, I saw the plane fly over. Where I was sat, stood in the cop, I got one of three reactions. A shrug, that's ball. That that'll do fuck all. And all right, that was literally the reaction it gets. So it's kind um, of it doesn't really thing, do, the, do anything. The best thing about that, it never seen, got a single mention on TV. No, you could hear it, but they yeah, never once. You can see, you can see it, but it. I think if you if you don't like the owners, you want them out flying a plane. I'll be honest, it's not really the whole thing. Yeah. But game was great. Atmosphere, atmosphere was good. It was um just a bit turgid, really, but a bit like today. I mean, sorry. Bit like today. Today was quite yeah standard routine. Dull one nil. You know yeah. they had a, they had a few hairy moments. So did we. But kind of what you want really. Five wins in the spin. What more can you need? Yeah, exactly. Kev, uh, how'd you like today's game? 
Yeah, I was all right. You know, it's, five five it, wins in a row. Yeah, I prefer the clean sheet. Uh, mm. It's been a while since we had one of them. Um, Allison didn't have much to do, but what he had to do, he did well. Um, overall, it was an all, it was all right. You know, it was, it was fine. It was one of those end of season games we we've had pretty much every year where you just get through it. You know, Fulham are a good side. They're having a great season and they play some good stuff. And credit where it's due. Harry Wilson times his runs when he bends them from coming back to going on really, really well. William is quick. I don't care how old he is. William is still quick. And Shockingly. Yeah, he's, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's a good player. Palinia, excellent player. Robertson, Robinson, really impressed. So, you know, so good. Robin, yeah, Robinson is, and for a young player, come out of the MLS, um, you know, a lot was made of him that he was going to be, uh, he was going to be a special talent, and yeah, he looks like he's going to be a proper player. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I was, I was impressed enough with what Fulham did because it would have been easy to just, you know, they're safe, they're not going down, they're not going to get Europe. It would have been easy to just come up to the northwest or the north, yeah, the northwest for a jolly for the day out and fold. They didn't, and we were good in patches, you know. So I, I was happy enough overall. Look, I'm just delighted with the win. Delighted with the clean sheet. Some of the performances I was really happy with. Some I could like, you know, need to need to improve. But overall, okay, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's. I think uh, I I might just go a little out of order here. I quite like the game, like just in a general sense. I I really like the performance from the team. And the biggest thing I took away from the game, and you guys can tell me if you disagree, it felt like tryouts, like it felt like auditions. Of show me what you can do. Like if you look at the players that were playing in positions you wouldn't normally see them in. So Simicast comes in for Robertson. We've never seen Simicast been asked to play as that left center half in this new hybrid system. Hopefully not again. I I didn't think I didn't think Simicast was terrible defensively. I didn't think he was terrible defensively. Yeah, he was caught out a couple of times, but he also got back in and averted some danger a couple of times. Going yeah. forward, he was abysmal. He looked completely lost. And at see again his first time playing an actual live fire game in that position. So I'm kind of okay with it. Like Harvey Elliott coming on late in the game and taking the spot of Mo Salah. To me, that's a real like, mm, but here we go. And at the, at the heart of this all is to talk about the lineup, that midfield three again, Curtis Jones is like, Chris, I, I think he's really playing himself into a serious shout at having that shirt come preseason. Yeah, I think he's he's putting himself into what I thought he would be, which is a very handy squad option. I think with the additions we hope Liverpool make in the summer, is he going to be the regular? No, but I think if he could keep this level he's playing at, you don't you don't mind when he gets dropped in because he I I, st- I I keep using it. The analogy is he could be Liverpool's Nicky Butt, and Nicky Butt played forty games a season for United in and out and got them and just got jobs done for other players and. I think it's just what a run of games can do for you. The big thing with Kurt Jones has always been, can you keep him fit? Because once he's fit and he's got a run of games under himself, you know, he's picking his passes better, he doesn't chew the ball as much, you know, he's now starting to be a bit more inventive with his passing in terms of he'll take a shot on or he's been a bit creative. And his work rate's gone up a level that, you know, he needed to anyway. So all in all, I'm happy for the lad because he gets a lot of unfair stick. I mean, I, I do see a lot online of, if he wasn't scout, he would be in the team. I think if he wasn't scout, he wouldn't get half the shit he gets. I actually think being scout is a hindrance for him because I think 
there's a high. I just think there's higher expectation. Uh, Andy Andy Kaufman saying for fuck's sake, Chris Nicky, but but you can do it in any club. Darren Fletcher or you know, look at all the great sides that won stuff. Look at uh, City. Fabian Delph played forty games for them at left back and centre mid. You wouldn't say he's a great player for City, but he did a job and he just filled gaps. And that's what Curtis Jones can do. You can get a very good career out of that. And then look if you can progress further. Brilliant. Yeah, and Kev, I, the other player I thought was just outstanding because, again, pretty routine one nil. so there's not a lot of action per se to talk about. Trent, to me, just looks better and better every game. Like, he he was, especially in the first half where I thought all of our players were really on it quite well. Trent looks so good. So good. Yes, Trent, Trent's an excellent footballer. We know, we know that. And the fact that we can get him on the ball in the middle of the pitch, where he's the extra man in that position, is brilliant. You know, it, there is going to be problems going the other way, but for what he offers going forward in that spot, arguably Kevin De Bruyne is the other one in that position of the pitch that you would want there. Odegaard this season, you know, his ability to pick a pass. Trent is right up there with any of them. Who can someone who can spot a pass looks to, to try to play forward as much as possible, and has the ability to ping someone thirty yards and in. You know, it, it's brilliant to see um, how we address the fact that it does leave gaps is going to be something that has to be addressed in the summer, um, because this is going. This like I keep saying, this is a work in progress, and there's going to be time teasing problems with it. Tonight we got out of jail a couple of times, but in general, I thought um, Fabinho dropped a bit more. Yeah, well, I thought Fabinho had a really good game. But I think when yeah. Trent goes across sometimes to the left hand side, which he's given that freedom to do, yeah. and Canata goes out. Fabinho made himself the other centre back, which I yeah. think balances out. So then you're not asking Trent to do doggies across the pitch to get get over those quick kicks. So that I think we sort of got a balance a bit better this time. Yeah. They still got him, but I mean But a, a lot was, a lot of that is going to be just trial and error. Seeing it's seeing how patterns of play evolve and other players it just becomes instinct. With the press it, the press that when it, we were at our best at it, it was instinct of knowing where player knowing where sides were going to play before you know we were two passes ahead almost mm. all the time. And you could tell with Leno, it was either going to go on the ground out to his right-hand side or it was going to go over Moe's head to Robinson, who was trying to make a run down the left-hand side. It didn't vary it that much. So someone to read that is, uh, is just what you need. But that comes with practice and rhythm and timing and everything else. When I saw Fulham playing out from the back, I was... Delighted because I love it when sides try to play out from the back against us. Because more often than not, it will create a chance, and it created we created plenty of chances off the off the back of that alone tonight. But just didn't have the final pass or killer instinct in front of goal to to finish them off. Bit of composure maybe in the final third of times, but you could see the opportunities when they were present being presented. It was from winning the ball in the right areas, and for me, like what you were saying about uh, Costas. My only worry about Costas when he started, it was his first start in Youngs, is when he he makes the decision to to go on the on the outside on the overlap, it's knowing when to make that decision, 
not as a, a left back, but as a left centre back. I think, um, more, I think it was more looking over his shoulder because I think I, I, I thought this got behind him every but time. But that's but that's the run. But that's the that's the knowing when you can go and when you can't go, and mm. knowing that if you do decide to go that bit higher and take that bit of a risk, you cannot lose the ball in that position, because not only are you out of position, Trent's out of position as well because he's he's in in centre mid, and you are two v two, with two or three running mm. at your two centre backs, so it's it's just awareness, and maybe it'll come for him, maybe it won't, maybe it's a position that. In time, we're going to have to address. But for for now, for the rest of the season, I was I was happy enough for him to start. I'm delighted that we got the win with him starting because Robertson definitely needed the rest. Yeah, I think, but, I think squad harmony wise, it's it, it's right that Robertson wasn't picked because he let's be honest, he had a shit show against Spurs. So yeah. I think you've got to keep that squad harmony of well, because I think you're super cash good. Well, if I don't get in against Fulham after he has a shit show last week, when when do I get in? I may as well go. Hmm. You've got to kind of keep that balance right. Um, were you surprised uh, with the front three? No. I, I, yeah, no. I mean, Darwin Nunes was due a start. I felt that before the game, like before the lineups dropped, it felt like Darwin Nunes was just going to come back into the team. And and the word that Jada might have picked up some sort of a knock, whether it was in the last game or in training, I thought we might not see him at all, but he was on the bench. As it turns out, he comes on, he makes his little cameo appearance. So, I, I was okay with the front three, and I, two out of the three of them, I thought played good. Yeah, no, what surprised me was I, I was surprised Diaz did back to back after yeah. a long layoff. I wasn't expecting to do back to back, so I, I just assumed it'd be Salah, Gakpo, and then a fight for the left hand side. So, but listen, to fair Diaz, a game for that Spurs game, I thought he was good for about 50 minutes, and then I think he blew himself mm-hmm. out, but it's a long injury layoff. If I'm honest, yeah. I don't think, I think apart from winning the penalty, I thought Darwin struggled. No, he hasn't started a yeah. lot of games, but. I think call a spade a spade. I thought he was pretty abject today. You know, it just wasn't his day today. Look, yeah. it happens. But the, the thing is with with Darwin, you can see clearly what Darwin offers as opposed to what Gakpo offers. Yeah, yeah. Darwin will make runs in behind and he'll put pressure on the centre backs for as long as he's on the pitch. He'll keep making runs uh, all day long. And there were times when Trent was finding him, and, and may, maybe it's just touch maybe it's just feel rhythm whatever just a lack of lack of minutes on the pitch confidence you can call it what you like but the difference between when Gakpo plays when he plays is is stark but mm-hmm. saying that Gakpo is more used to how the system is playing he's match sharp and he's uh, like I think also speaks the language he's probably picking it up yeah, quicker but he's dropping that he drops deeper to make that extra body to link others into play Diaz mm-hmm. was very good um, you know, in the flashes where you saw him one on one, when you saw him dribbling at players, confidence. He there was times when he thought just t- touch it out your right foot and have a dig, but yeah, you know, more often than not, he picked the right option almost all the time, and he had a really good game. Darwin, look, you saw what he gives you for the penalty, you know, because that lightning pace, that instinct to get to the ball and draw draw a foul. It was. I don't think anyone else. Darwin Gakpo might do it, but I think Darwin has that instinct to do it. You know where he puts because pre- of putting pressure on centre backs and just forcing them to make early decisions. It was just that razor sharpness to mm. to to go for it because I've seen plenty plenty of players would have just 
you know, throwing a lazy leg out and trying to just block the clearance kind of thing. He thought he could get it and he got there. And yeah, it was that moment from him that literally decided the game. Because other than that, we didn't work Leno enough in the same way as they didn't really work Allison enough, bar one, one real effort. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if we can get, him, get a bit of confidence in him, I sort of feel like if you're playing like a top six side or like a big European away, I feel you play Gakpo. But I yeah. think if you want a flat moment, track... But I think you want to play a flat track bully. I think that's Nunes' game mm. through the middle, which, are, to be honest, I'm not, to me, I'm, I'm not averse to that because horses for courses, pretty much. So, but hopefully for Nunes, you know, it's, it's a bit of com- it'll get him, you know, minutes his legs, bit of confidence. But I would expect Gakpo to start against Brentford because I think that sort of game we probably do need a, yeah. a bit more subtlety. I would say. Apparently, from what I gathered about um, Diogo Jota, was he got that knock in a game. Where he bruised his back. Was it West Ham? It might have been uh, the West Ham. It might have been the West Ham yeah, game. He didn't play. He didn't train. Did he? He didn't train after that. He come on for twenty minutes. He come on for the end of the Spurs game. It was noticeable even during his celebrations. None of the players touched him. He got a knock in that game as well, according to what Klopp was saying in his press conference. And he hasn't trained up until today either. So, mm. you know, it's like it's just bruising, bruised rib. But if anyone has ever had a bruised rib, you know how painful that can be. So it might just be a case that at the moment he's an option off the bench. But if you looked at your bench and you're thinking, OK, I'm bringing Gakpo and Jota off the bench what, with 20 more, to go, you're happy, happy enough for that. Which one's more painful, a bruised rib or being attacked by a cat? <laughs> Matt? Uh, probably the bruised rib. The uh, cat no, attack didn't, didn't make it so that every breath you took you know, had uh, a pang of pain about it. Uh, it's, there's a comment here from Laszlo Panaflex that I've been saving. He says, when it comes to Darwin, it's the system, not the player. And I think it's no, something to, because I, I think it's, I, I, I thought he was, I thought he didn't have a great game today outside of winning the penalty with his pace. And he had a couple other, uh, opportunities where he was able to really open his legs up because it's such a game changer for him, but he had to come in and learn the system when it was a four, three, three. And he kind of got up to speed with it. And we could see Darwin, he was picking up minutes when there were no other bodies. So he had to play every week that he was, he looked like he was coming to terms with it. And now we've decided to change the system on him halfway through. And so it just can't help. I mean, but you still play, you still play, you still play a front three and you're still expecting him when he plays as a number nine to stretch the defense, get it, you know, get wide where he can and make sure he's in the, is in the box where we get to cross opportunities, which we were doing pre four, four, Three four three three and the current one now. So for him, it's not like if he was staying left, I'd understand it because I think there is a different nuance now if you play on, on the left to help with the uh, Trent coming to the middle. He's playing through the middle as number nine. I don't think it's massively different for him. I just you don't you don't you don't think going from having one person at the base of the midfield to two people at the base of midfield completely and totally changes the angles of all the passes? It completely no. does. It doesn't it because we, we start there. We still, we still, but we're still getting Trent out wide, just that we're freer to whip yeah. his crosses. That he always. But did. now he's getting out wide on the left hand side of the double pivot because again Trent was just he pops up everywhere like he wants it the does. ball absolutely everywhere. Whereas before he was a, more segregated out onto that right back roll. If anything, it, for me, it's it makes Darwin's job a bit easier, which is stay between the penalty box because that's where that's where the ball's coming to you, and. I just think Cole as it is. He just had a bad game. I don't think systems are it just he's just not in form at the moment. And that happens. Mm. Well it's yeah. gotta come for it. It's gotta yeah. take time for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he no, gets I'm the not, fantasy assist. So 
Yeah, he gets. Uh, I thought I thought there was opportunities in the first half where Fulham looked like they might pose some danger, but anytime they got the ball on the front foot at all, I felt extremely composed about how we were defending at the back. Like it didn't. There was no horrific errors. Like nobody made a silly back pass. Like nobody got caught on the ball and turned it over, and they immediately had that. Virgil had a Virgil that clearance from Virgil Van Dyke. I don't know how he doesn't put that in for an own goal. This is two games or two weeks in a row where he's made a great goal line clearance and just managed to get the angle perfect on it and keep the ball from going through the back of our net. Like I thought defensively, we were, we were pretty decent today at the back, even though they had a few chances again, like I said, where they look like they might be able to hurt us. It's just a couple of miscommunications between, well, between Virgil and Canati for getting the line, right? One's dropping a bit deeper than the other, which is how, they got one of the big the main chances in the first half, but again, it's adapting to a new system, so we are going to get these little glitches. And let's be honest, we've been um, balls up defense all, all season anyway, so I think defensively it was fine, you know. And I think the shots that Allison had to had to save, most of the ones you'd expect him to save, I would say the biggest one was probably the one in the late in the second half. Uh, well, it's a it's, he gets the big hand to as it Vinicius's shot. Vinicius, yeah, yeah. I would probably say that was the most difficult save he had to make. I think anything else was by his standards. I, I would say fairly routine. In, in fairness, if Vinicius had picked his head up at all, that mm. had to go across goal. It yeah. was, and it, the space was there. It was a bad decision by him. Uh, David makes the point there. Canate worked his ass off. He did, mm. but for that one chance, he followed the ball and not the man. And he yeah. got caught, but he was definitely so, more composed than we saw. Oh yeah, he was. He, he was much better against than he was against Spurs because Spurs he shit the bed. Yeah. Against Spurs <laughs> he was against Spurs he was he was so nervy and panicky that I I want. Yeah, it's all like him, isn't it? He needs to learn from that because plenty of sides are going to do that to us in in moments in, in patches of games where you're going to be pinned in. They're going to get they're going to get chances, and you cannot panic. You, know, you have to be composed in those moments and see it through. And there were times in that Spurs game where he was awful. He was absolutely atrocious. Mm. And he looked like he was a deer in the headlights at times. But tonight, he was he was much better. It was good to see him take the ball and bring the ball out as well. Because more often than not, it's safe, very, very safe with him. But he's got that in his locker where he can put his foot on the ball and take it 20 yards. And like I like to see a bit more of that from him as well because it just opens up more options going forward. It's one thing that you you get from Joe Matip that is brilliant with him that because it just you saw it as well with Robertson when Robertson came on. First thing he did was he took the ball thirty yards up the pitch and won a throw. Yeah, you know it's just alleviating that bit of pressure and it's like a release valve and it's like you're resetting the you're resetting the game. From the half, you know, from the halfway line forward, and taking pressure off. But that's that's all it is. It's just knowing when to do it and when not to do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I thought, I thought in general, actually, the much maligned midfield that we have, I thought on the whole, did did all right. No, I think the, I think second half we were sometimes a bit too open that we probably would have liked. But I thought in general, I thought as a unit, it did mm. fine. Nothing spectacular, but I no. kind of thought I think the whole performance wasn't wasn't spectacular. It was just kind of one of those routine job done sort of things. You know, yeah. you'd have liked an extra. You probably would have liked the second goal just to make it a little bit. Less More nerve, comfortable. Less you can sit back in. The, you can sit sit back into the sofa and watch it then, rather than yeah, like, yeah. You know, can sitting I... up that little bit forward, and you're like, ooh. Mm. But other than I that, mean... you saw. I mean, you know, James Pierce. My God, have you read his tweet? It's like he shits the bed every two minutes. What a great, what a great chance for an equaliser. And you watch the, and then I watched the chance that they could have equalised in the last minute. You're going, he's never scored for that a month of Sundays. If he does, it's a world, it's a world class finish. Again, the lad hasn't got that big locker, so yeah. they're like, you know, what can you do? I mean, at the end of the day, they've got copies and clicks to get and well, yeah. sell and what have you, and advertisers that they need to keep happy. So it is what and it is so do we. Hit the like button, everybody, quick! Hit yeah. the like button. Hit the like right button. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, Darwin wins the penalty. Uh, let's be honest: who was concerned about Mo stepping up to hit it? I wasn't, Kev. No. No, no I had the alerts on my phone. I already knew it had gone in. <laughs> I was I was cheating. I forgot to turn the alerts off of my phone, and yeah. it just went bong. I, I, was I wasn't. I wasn't nervous because he scored because he scored one last week. So in my head, I think most of those people once he's done, he's got the, he's got the monkey off the back. Then, so I don't think he's bothered yeah. after that. But I think it would have been. Too. That's two in a row now that he's gone down the middle. If he gets another one. I think then he goes for a side, though. It'll be a brave keeper who stands still. It'll be a brave keeper. And I don't see... I don't know why more keepers don't do it. Why they don't take the risk. Pickford made uh, Madison look like a bit of a fool Exactly. Exactly. That was definitely definitely known as one from England, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And And from from Pickford's colourful water bottle, yes. His very well-notated water bottle. Uh, so I mean, we get into halftime. It's one nothing. I just say most. I mean, if you're going to kick the ball right down the middle, kick it down the middle. He yeah. hammered that penalty. That was emphatic. Uh, at halftime, I was I was just kind of going through player by player. I thought pretty much Simicast might have been the worst player in the first half. Cool. Maybe Darwin, but he did win the penalty. Other than that, I thought everybody was good. Like uh, I can get Chris, you were saying like that much maligned midfield. I thought they all played really good. Like Fabinho was kind of doing the Fabinho things. There was one point where, and I think it's where Fabinho really looks at his absolute worst. And it might be true for every player in the world. It's when they get the ball and they're running at him and he's standing still and all the players are running at him. 
he just looks so slow to turn around. But in that snappy transition where he's able to just put his legs in, like at one point I yelled daddy long legs at the TV because he was doing the things that we're remembering Fabinho to do. Mm. Very comfortable at the half. Like, was there any concerns for you? Not, not really. I, I was kind of like hoping they'd have got a second before half time. That was better. Rob makes a good point as well is how many times has that front three played in that system with that midfield? So I'm happy. Zero. Never. Yeah. Zero. So again, there's that element of why doesn't it always look great? Well, it's a different front three with a slight. I mean, that He's... midfield's actually played quite a lot in the last seven games, but the front three's changed quite yeah. a bit. Especially... The, dynam the dynamics of playing Darwin Nunes in a front three changes everything for how the midfield is going to act, act with mm. that forward line. And it also makes a difference to how Luis Diaz is going to play with um, cutting inside. Does he? Any, and it's the one thing that was noticeable. He never, whereas Salah will hug the right hand touchline. You know, he will stay wide. Oh, he likes to wander that. He likes to wander, doesn't he, Diaz? It's not in a good way. Diaz comes inside. He doesn't start from wide left to come inside. Very rarely you'll see him hanging out on the left wing. The odd time in a few, a few game in a game, he might pick the ball up two or three times, maybe out wide, wide uh, on the on the on the line and do something. More often than not, he's on an inside left forward position looking to come inside further. And it's all about creating more overloads and drawing center backs out of position to free up space for runners in behind. And I mean, Jordan Henderson will always get his detractors because... Oh, they're, they're in the comments already. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, at the end of the day, Jordan Henderson can't do the work that we need that position to do. He can't. He no. doesn't have the legs for it. What he makes up for it is his ability to read play is very good still. He still cuts off passing lanes really well, and his passing is still really good. He his doesn't give. Play, he, yeah, still one of the best for linking up with Mo as well. Yeah, he do, he doesn't give the ball up cheaply very often, and he still gets in his uh, fair share of ball recoveries as well. I think it's probably six or seven today, and he he still he's very good at walking players through. And he doesn't give a shit about this idea of do as I say, not as I do kind of crap. It's like he mm. will tell people rightly or, you know, whether they need to be doing something better or not, even if he is having a crap game. Even if he ain't at the standard where he knows he needs to be, he ain't shy about telling anyone else the same thing that a captain should be telling them. Now, at the end of the day, you can see how the players react to it. Nobody is like waving them away or rolling their eyes or shaking their head or anything remotely close to that. So he's still got the command of the dressing room and he's still got the respect in the dressing room. It's just, you know, you got to accept the fact that he's got a lot of mileage in his legs. You know, a lot. Too much for someone who's playing too much football. And that will definitely be something that's addressed in the summer, 100%. Well, of course, the comments, he can't, he can't pass the ball. He gives, away, he gives it away every time and his passing's atrocious. But, you know. All right. He can't, well, he can't well, it's one of those. It's one of those things that the facts and the stats and the reality doesn't back up the the agendas that people have against against the guy. Once mm -hmm. people and it's the same with any player. Once people get an agenda against the player, it doesn't matter what he does. They've got an agenda against the player, and we've seen it with Jordan Henderson. We've seen it with James Milner. We've seen it with plenty of players down the years. The Fabinho a couple of months ago. Yeah, he's playing crap, but nobody thought for a second that he wouldn't come out of it. You know, it was, it's like, he's crap now, sell him. You know, it's like, everything is like now immediate, straight in front of your face. No context, no clarity, you know, no thought yeah. about anything. It's just, 
immediate Mr. reaction, instant reaction, and be damned with I everything. Mean, if we get the burn the house rise, down, kind of thing. Yes, yeah. it's stupid. Get, it's childish. If we get the summer rise, a lot of Hendo's minutes are getting cut because, in theory, he should oh, be fourth or fifth. Then it'd be the yeah. rotation player. I think, and yeah. look, I think he knows that. I think he knows that's coming. Rightly so as well. At, at that age, at thirty-two, pushing thirty-three years of age, that's just reality. You know, Father Time is undefeated. Yeah, you know, for what, a reason. If we got us some recruitment right, that's what Tiago should have been this year. He should have been the luxury option. But again, when he's been fit, we've I think he's been overplayed, and I think that's why he's knackered his hip again. You mm. know, but the problem is what, he's fucking he's fit. He's available, unlike some of the others that just aren't available. He's available more often than not. And if he's available and they're not available, he, he's got no choice but to play him. Because, yeah. you know, it is what it is. That's just the way it is. Can't yeah. sign anyone. There so, is no oh, one else to come and take his minutes off him. So, yeah. what do you want? Put it this way, Kev. Uh, I don't think, like, I see people in here, you know, like, time does catch up with Henderson. He doesn't have the legs that he had seven, eight, ten years ago, sort yeah. of thing. I don't think his issue, if you had an issue with Henderson's game today, I don't think it was with his legs and his running and his desire no. and being in the right position. It was more his final ball. His choice of pass was a little bit lacking today. You mm. know, that loopy back post Henderson cross that everybody seems to hate, except for when you look at all the times that it's led to goals at the back post. You know, Sadio Mane loved a back post header tap in from a Jordan Henderson loopy cross. Henderson, I thought, in terms of covering the spaces, he was the one out of the midfield that was willing to drive forward. It was Jones you'd see dropping back in to help recycle the ball at the back with the defense more, and Henderson would be the one pushing forward and leading the press from the front. I don't think today is a game. Like, there's plenty of games. You can go back through other shows and look through the chat, and you'll find people rightfully criticizing Henderson because his legs didn't seem up to it. I don't think today was one of those days at all. And the same with Fabinho. I don't think either of them, the, the charges that have been leveled at them so far this season, was the issue with him. I thought Fabinho actually had quite a good game and Henderson was more than passable. It's just his final yeah. touch let him down, but he's not alone in that. The I other thing as well, the other thing as well about, hang on, the other thing as well about Curtis Jones taking that position, dropping deeper into the that left-sided centre mid-roll, taking the ball deeper from Virgil. He does it because he's really good at it. Yeah. You know, he, his, his ball retention is as good as anyone's. And... He's also he's so, taking it under pressure, isn't he? He's deceivingly strong on the ball. There was a couple mm -hmm. of times tonight where Fulham got got in and around him and Paulinho tried to get tackles in on him and that. And he just either stroked him off, protected the ball, and played the simple pass off. I'm look, I always knew that Curtis Jones was a decent player. Always knew he was never going to be sold. I said it multiple times, he's not going to be sold. But at the end of the day. You can see why what the coaches are seeing in training is being translated onto what he's able to do on the pitch. And going forward, if you have a player who can do that in a Europa League and maybe get seven or eight Premier League starts as well as cup games, that's the bones of 20, 25 games a season to start. Plus, you're going to drop him in and maybe another 10 times off the bench. It's a squad game for a reason. That's exactly the type of squad player that you need. Someone you can trust to take minutes off of someone who's going to be playing week in, week out in the league and help rest and rotate around that. that that's exactly what you need. I'd rather have a Curtis Jones times two or three to replace Nabi or Ox this season than mm -hmm. anything else. You know, well, it, there you go. 
Perfect comment. Paul Giovanni, haters going to hate, but Jones is doing what Ox and Kata can. Yeah, when he's at the moment, at the moment, yes, because at the moment, Jones is fit. And when he's fit and then available, he is given minutes. And unfortunately for Naby and Ox, neither of them, uh, Ox is probably fit now, but he's, he's out the door. I don't even know if either of them are fit. I just presume always that they're always well, going to be injured. Nabi, you, you can't. Nabi, you can't. It's 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 just like they're gone. I mean, you've seen the rumors today around James Milner, and it's no surprise. It's no surprise. You know, it really isn't because someone of that experience to come on ten minutes to go and just calm people and calm everything, calm situations down. And it's the one thing I think that we don't do well. It was said in a WhatsApp group that we don't do the snide bits. The no. five minutes to go, Allison takes the ball from one side of the penalty box to the other side of the penalty box and whips a long ball up front for us to try to win a throw-in off of. Uh, ball goes out for a throw-in. Uh, I'll wait for him to come up. No, you take it. Uh, that kind of stuff. You know, it we we don't kill games off in that manner where you do see that done, especially on the content, massively. It's yeah. it's it's something that we got to start doing. And I I know we like the idea of having the ball in play, and if the ball's in play, you've got chances to score. You're one nil up. You haven't really troubled our keeper. Just take the win. You know, shut the door and enjoy and just enjoy the win there's nothing wrong with being snide about stuff and you saw how the crowd got up when we were pressing the ball it wasn't from a mischance or anything like that it was the crowd were getting up from high press and aggress aggressiveness but i bet you that if someone went down with uh oh that's a bit sore let's get the trainer on there for a couple of for uh, we'll, and we'll I, kill I, 30 I, seconds I did, I did wonder if that henson injury brilliant Absolute yeah, shit house. It was 100% uh, time wasting. Yeah, because, yeah, either that or it was a shit back heel, so maybe he just felt yeah. <laughs> that about it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, right, do you know what? We're going to have to talk about it because, to be fair, a few people asked in the comments now. So, what should, how are we all feeling about the Jude Bellingham news? Because, let's be honest, people want to talk about it. So, Matt, how are you feeling about it? I mean, if people want to talk about it, I would direct them over to Twitter, where I'm sure there is a very educated and logical and compassionate debate going on right now. I put about as much stock into it as I put into the tweet barrage we got a couple weeks ago saying that we've cooled and then we're totally out and we were never even in for Jude Bell and we don't even like him anyways sort of chat that's going on. This is just all the dance. This is still part of the dance. It's worrisome, but I'm just going to continue to presume that this is all just media click-driven BS. Like, it's been, what, yeah. like a week? Was it a week since there was, like, a headline Jude Bellingham rumor that came out? We were long overdue. Um, yeah, it might not be the best omen. I would far prefer to see him, you know, signing paperwork uh, in the inside part of Kirby, but... Hey, it is what it is. And until you see an official announcement from a team with actual like gravitas behind it, uh, I don't know. It's it's Fabrizio Romano, and he didn't even say hashtag here we go. So I'm not even believing yeah. Fabrizio. No, nah, it, it, it came from someone else. It didn't come from that tap-in merchant. He, but he, put, he just copied it. He just copied it, yeah. It was uh, – look. Ooh, Fabrizio? No. Yeah. 
Who'd have thought? If, Who knew, eh? If he goes to Madrid, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be happier if he goes to Madrid than anyone else. Hmm. Basically, because the fact I can sit and watch him and enjoy him next season without having to worry about having to play him. Uh, we'll worry about that next year um, or the year after. No, nah, look, if you go, if you go, to, if Real Madrid come calling and you're 20 years of age, 21 years of age, and by the way, Tony Cruz is leaving and we want you to come in and play at Real Madrid for the next 10 to 12 years and look at what Luka Modric has done. Difficult one to say no to because you're going to be playing at probably the, one of the most prestigious clubs in the world. You're going to be challenging for silver for leagues year in, year out. You're going to be going deep in the Champions League every single year with a really good chance of winning it every single season. And you don't have to play in a league where you've got eight top, top teams competing hard for honours and the odds of you winning anything unless you're at an oil state cheating bastard club <laughs> is made very, very difficult by said oil cheating bastard club. So, yeah, look, he'll never retire from football as a poor man. He'll, all, he'll, he'll be a very wealthy individual when he retires. I don't think he says no to Real Madrid if they come knocking. That's the truth, you know. Mm. Because if it, if it was me as a player and I was given the choice of the two, I'd be going to Real Madrid every day of the week. Especially, I, I just would because it's one because it's Real Madrid, and two because you don't have to work as hard for your yeah. silverware. You, you just for, don't. I think. Look, if he is going there, I think unfortunately it's the truth that nobody wants to admit is the belief that a lot of the fans had that. He only wants Liverpool is maybe not as big as people think, which is probably why this story came out that Liverpool have cooled their interest. I think this is I always call it get get me digging first, which is oh we've cooled their interest rather than missing. A bit like uh, Shumeni, he's picked Real Madrid over us. You know it's, it's shit. It's it's shit like because you'd rather we had him, but you know the only thing I'm hoping is because it's this is getting this hopefully decided so early, we've already moved on to something else. And I'm hoping we've got something else sorted very, very quickly. I mean, we've also got comments from a few of the guys here who are asking about... Uh, Nay's asking us um, how much do we reckon McAllister's up will cost. Um, oh, also, thank you, Nick. Sorry, um, we'll go to Nick first. Sorry. He gives a super chat, much appreciated. That'll go into the, that'll go into the uh, charity fund. What percentage do you give us making top four, Kev? Oh, Oh, have you got? And that looks like he's got some statistics. So we'll, we'll ask Kev. I I have an zero. I have an actual percentage based answer for you, and it was uh, through our uh, show sponsor, Bookmakers.com, who linked me to the five thirty eight article stating that Liverpool currently have a twelve percent chance of finishing in the top four. Twelve percent. You gotta like it. It's five thirty eight. You know, I mean, these guys predict elections and stuff like that. So. Uh, that's what I'd say. Nick's the streets are buzzing. Thanks very much for the, I believe that's five Australian dollars. So three fifty of that's going to go into the uh, charity fund, which we'll get to at the uh, end of the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Uh, to me, the thing I've taken out of this, and I mentioned this to you, Kev, after uh, the show we did. I don't even know. One of them. We were chit-chatting afterwards, and I think this might signal, if if Jude Bellingham isn't coming to Liverpool, because I still firmly believe, and less firmly today than I did the day before, that we're in for Bellingham, and if he wants to come to Liverpool, he'll come to Liverpool this year, and I think he is the best possible signing we could make. I think it might be a change in how we're approaching things, and if we, if he goes for 150 million euros, and we take 100 million of those euros that we could have spent on him, and we go and we buy Josco Vardial with it, and then another 50 gets you a Mason Mount or, you know, a Ugarte or part of a McAllister. You know, you put that comment up there, how much we think McAllister might go for. I think it'll be more than 50 million, probably 60, maybe 70. But I can see that because as the chair of the three at the back committee, if we had a proper left-sided center half that was also comfortable shifting out and playing left fullback when you revert into a 4-3-3 formation – I think that might be something that this team is really, really missing because Trent looks great where he is. So that really, it honestly does. Like, it sounds like a BS excuse. Like he's like a new signing when somebody signs a contract extension. Trent showing what six games in a row now, five games in a row now that he can play this midfield position. And the the worries that a lot of people had myself included that he would get lost having that 360 uh, field around him to worry about. He's he's proven me wrong so far, so I'm okay with that. And I think it might just signal a change in our transfer interest. So as much as it would crush me, and I think it's very disappointing if we don't get Jude Bellingham. If he wants to go to Real Madrid, he goes to Real Madrid. But, man, a top-end left-sided center half to help the transition out of Virgil van Dijk might be just the tonic for us. Yeah, I mean, Olivier is also asking, uh, is that Ugar fella on his way or not? I mean, that's the other name that keeps, oh, keeps getting thrown around at the moment. He seems to be... There seem to be certain ones we're going for. It seems to be definitely being linked with a holding tight midfielder. So whether that means Fabinho's going, oh, a bit, we're buying him competition, even I'm fine with, to be honest. And then the others are more progressive midfielders. So Mount could play one of the left or the right higher up. So could uh, Gravenberch. He can also play a deeper, but he tends to be there. And McAllister, again, probably playing where Jones did, gives you that option. So I kind of see what we're, we're looking for, those sort of names. I mean, McAllister wants to have a bit more meat in the bones because Paul Joyce doesn't normally name drop players unless there's a little bit of substance to it because that's just kind of how he works. So, but maybe that's the way it is. You know, um, we're going to look for three very good players as opposed to one worldy, which I'll be, I'll be honest, the, the state that the squad's in, we probably do need that. We'll find out a bit more about um, McAllister from a Brighton perspective on Friday night because Joe's coming on from Albion oh. Obsessed. Oh, and it's it's I, I like Joe and the fact that he's he's normally look he's level yeah but he'll also blow the transfer valuation out of the water. Oh like, yeah, he's only told me hundred million won't buy his leg. Yeah, so you know, it, yeah. But at the same time, I think McAllister looks like the one that has the most most meat on the bones. Mount, I'm not sure of. I wouldn't be surprised if um, Tommy Tuchel took a punt on him. Maybe take it, take him to. Uh, I think also Pochettino room to go to Chelsea. Mount's probably my that fancy. type of player. Mount's the sort of player that he'd he'd probably quite yeah. like. So that that well, might invigorate that a little bit. It's 
I think the Bellingham stuff you could I don't I believe I actually believe that it, we did put an offer in. And it yeah, wasn't I think, so it was, I think the, the offer was 95 million euro, which is to me all of all of the money for someone of how good and I think he's gonna be absolutely elite. But he's got two years left in his contract. And if you have to spend 95 million to get him and you can't, then fair enough, because that after that, it hampers everything that you need to do. And we do need to do other business as well. And it can't just be gambles. You have to be bringing in players who are going to hit the ground running because, as we've seen with Arsenal this season, with Man City, with other clubs that are going to improve, you have to hit the ground running. And this season is a long season. And next summer, you know, this summer is probably the last summer that these players are going to have any meaningful time off for for a good while yeah. so well, if we're going to if we're going to be in the europa league i'd rather take a punt on players to develop for 12 months so that you get them absolutely bang in the following year even if they're that bit younger if they're that much of a risk say if you're buying a 50 million pound player to kick on to be that caicedo Going forward, if do you, do you get what I mean, you can I take don't... that risk. You can take that risk by using the Europa League to do it. Whereas if you're in a Champions League, you can't take that risk. And I think Arsenal and Newcastle, if Newcastle get into the Champions League, will see that problem next season, where Newcastle didn't have Europe to contend with. That's a huge ask for a club, and Arsenal won't be able to take the luxury that they did this season with. Um, the Europa playing the same eleven players every single game. Exactly, basically. they basically played the same, a core thirteen players in the Premier League. For well, they made as the fewest, as humanly the fewest, possible. Yeah, the fewest changes to yeah. the starting eleven out of any team in the Premier League. Yeah. This that year. won't that at, won't be possible next season. Yeah, at the so, flip side, I think it's Chelsea and Nottingham Forest are the teams that have made the most changes, and that makes sense because those are the teams that had to build auxiliary dressing rooms to yeah. house all of their new signings. So. Chelsea with a Chelsea with a seventy-five players. And they're still shit. It's brilliant. Uh, they were interesting. Yeah, yesterday they were. It's an interesting one, Bonkers. Here, you know, what if we buy, what if we pay for two players and get a third and a three? I mean, he's mentioned Canty and Tielemans. Um, I, I wouldn't go near either of them. Yeah, Tielemans because he's got no legs, and we've already got a midfield with no legs. And Kante can't stay fit unless until he's played Liverpool. Uh, Tielemans wasn't terrible against Everton on Monday. I don't but know. Tielemans didn't look like a guy. We Matt, Matt you, be, you me won't be terrible against Everton. No. Let's be and, and look, let's <laughs> let's be honest. Yuri Tielemans can't do it for sixty minutes, three games in a row. Let let alone sixty minutes or ninety minutes in one game. He just can't. He physically can't do it, and that's at the pace that he's playing at, at Leicester. It, as for Golo Kante, a brilliant player. You know, arguably one of the best signings in Premier League history when he was brought in by Leicester. Arguably up there with some of the best value for money signings ever made. But he's another one. He's, his age is just the wrong side. Where if you're trying to evolve this squad for a side that's going to compete for the next five years, you have to be looking at players 21 to 24 Ideally, Ooh, to... that's, an 
Yeah. That's an interesting one. Because Gund- Gundogan's apparently available yeah. on free. I don't yeah, think he goes to the Premier League. Gundo, go back to the to X's. No, he doesn't do well, he, tried, is, well, he, well, he tried to, but it didn't. It didn't work out for him. Gundo is uh, supposed to be heavily, heavily linked with Barcelona, but Barcelona are going to have to <laughs> pay an arm and a leg to get think, Messi back, or find more Messi levers. Going, Plus, is, got Bob, I think a Bobby Firmino coming in as well. Is Messi going to Saudi Arabia? Well, he went for a holiday, there, didn't he? Oh, you yeah. think him and Ronaldo could play for the same team? I think that the Saudis would pay to see it. Of course they would. And yeah. I think the world would pay to watch They'd it. They'd pay to host it. I think mm-hmm. the, the world would pay to watch it. They want to, the Saudis want to launch a league to rival the MLS inside a couple of years. They, you know what I mean? They, they, and they will pay huge money to do this. They don't have the confines of financial fair play to worry about. They don't have the confines of UEFA's rules around financial fair play to worry Wasn't about. Wasn't this the same worry, though, Kev, with the Chinese league a few years ago when it was like, yes, oh, the Chinese but, are putting a pile of money into their league. They want to have a league that rivals the Premier League. You're, I just... de- you're dealing with a country who wants to host the World Cup in 2030 and who aren't built like China, who don't have the sporting lust to be the sports capital of the world like, the, like Saudi Arabia does. And at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, if the Saudis want to put a team together around or a league together around two players, they'll do it with those two. And you might not pay to watch it. I certainly won't. But I guarantee you there are millions of people around the world who will pay to watch that. And mm. look, look, at, look at what the money into PSG, the investment into PSG did for French football. TV rights around the world as compared to what it did for the league. Yeah, it handed the league to PSG year in, year out, more or less, bar one. But what it did is it filled the grounds of every stadium that PSG went to play in in France, and it sold global TV rights to the French league like never before. So the rest of the league are fine with it because they're getting paid. Yeah, it won't be be for long, though, Kev, because that stuff is all going to get changed with the changes to broadcasting that are inevitably coming Mm -hmm. in the next 10 years in the global consumption of this sport. Luke O'Shea is making a great point there. Sky are now showing Saudi games ever since Ronaldo went there. Yeah. They're too old. They're just too old. If they'd have done this three years ago, they might actually have a case. But I think both of them, especially Ronaldo, He's just his star is on the wane. He's on the way down. If they want to do that, they should go and sign Mbappe for a billion pounds. Mm. But you know that won't happen because of inter-regional rivalries and politics and all that sort of stuff going on. Like it's, I good like if Lionel Messi wants to finish his career off by making absolute buckets and buckets full of more money by playing in Saudi Arabia, he can go the way of Cristiano Ronaldo because honestly, Cristiano Ronaldo's legacy to me might be the biggest loser of this season. Yeah. It's He's I mean the thing is ever since he left Juventus, even his last year at Juventus was poor. But you know, really and truly it was when he left um Real Madrid, he went down the sliders from there. But I mean, we're probably, you know, that aside, you look at the summer that we need to have, we're probably going to be looking to bring in four players. Three of them will probably be midfielders, you know, be it a holding midfielder, attacking midfielders. 
what would you do with the fourth signing? Would you bring in a defender or a forward? So I'd be a defender. Really? I suppose I'd love a forward. I think we need a centre-back because I don't think you can go into another season hoping Canati and Matip and Gomez... Because they and to be fair, Van Dijk. I'm, I'm assuming the four that got the four that we were that we're losing on freeze are being replaced with four players. I'm not talking about selling a Joel Matip to bring in another centre back. Oh yeah, I, but I'm, I'm I'm still I'm if it's me, I'm selling Joel Matip and bringing a replacement. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about the four replace the four players that we're losing. We're losing Bobby forward. Oh, I see. Me Ox Milner, utility player. And Navi uh, midfielder, which this that's why I would look to bring in a forward, right? So you mean, I, th- I, you meant, I think you gotta I have you, six forwards. I thought you meant if we're only bringing four, four in, that's what yeah, I, I, I just th- I think you have to have six forwards going into a season, going into any season. And yeah, I don't see Carvalho being a, a forward, not one no. that we can trust. How did, did how did you feel then, Kev, about Harvey Elliott tonight? In that, I mean, it was just a short, mind. what did he have? Ten minute cameo there playing the right wing and then in the new yeah. system. I don't mind that as an option. Genuinely, I think he can do the, he can do the role. I think in Europa League games, I think that would be his starting role. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if him and Ben Doak aren't looked at as two players, one to start, one to come off the bench in those Europa League and early early uh, League Cup games. Yeah, but I think long term, if you wanted, I'd be looking to bring in Michael Olise from Crystal Palace <laughs> in as a long term option to Col- play on the wing. Apparently, Stephen Cole could look for a club. Yeah, then he could do a job up front. Mm. Yeah, I have to catch up with that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know you like Olise, Kev, but I mean the way he's been playing. I mean, he's abs- yeah. here's a sentence I never thought yeah. has so- been uttered before: revitalized under the managership of Roy Hodgson. Like yeah. the last few games, oh, he's yeah. looked. So good, and his price is going through the roof. Like Thor made a roof. good point there about um, K. 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 Gordon. Because I think K. K. Gordon has missed so much football this year. He might be the best thing. Yeah, the best thing that could happen to K. Gordon now would be maybe go to Scotland, go and go and go on loan to Celtic or go and loan to Rangers and play for meaningful football in a league where you're going to be dominating the ball and you're going to be on the ball more often than not. And you can do something that way. You know, I think he needs to rebuild his fitness, his strength. He, he's also missed a year of football, you know, and an important year of that. I think down the line, he could be something that um, the club maybe looks to cash in on, you know, in a couple of years' time, if he doesn't quite make the grade. But a good loan move would certainly help that. But we also have another loan player out of Bolton who I think could he's could be involved in the squad next season genuinely i think he's he's a serious player i i think he does pre-season does and gets another loan at a, at a slightly higher level that's what i think happens to him what's this Christ. oh no no no, no, no. <laughs> ant mick says christ walks so hard she could run hashtag total football <laughs> oh, Take those words out of your mouth. That's disgusting. Uh, that's shades shades of the new uh, Ted Lasso episode from last week. I think as well too. Uh, I I think in the academy, I think we got we got a pretty good buildup of players in that eighteen to twenty year old range that all play forward. You know, you got Cannoneer, you got Frauendorf, you got uh, Cade Gordon, you got Ben Doak. So I think there'll be a spot up for grabs in preseason. Like you might see one sold, one kept with the unders, one loaned out, and one kept around the first team. And it might just be like, 
one of you has got to, you know, there's a job there to win. And if there's not, there should be, you know, you'd think a decent value you could get on a forward come the end of the window. You know, yeah. you might you might get to the end of the summer transfer window and Chelsea will take an absolute bath, take almost no money to get rid of Hakim Ziyech. And you take him for a year. Yeah, I know you know, I'll, play, I'll play like that. But we'll see. So yeah, also, that 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 Dan Austin makes a point there. Actually, uh, we also need to look at a backup for Trent. I don't know if we take a backup for Trent, but I think it's definitely up up that position is up for grabs. With um, your man, what's his name? Who's out uh, injured? Ram- Ramsey and Bradley, the two of them. Exactly, Ramsey had the surgery, so he's had his surgery to for the reason to come back in for and be ready for preseason. But I think it'll be a straight choice. That'll be, the inter- but that'll be As, the interesting tweak, won't it, Kev? Is, yeah, one Trent, will stay and one will go on low. But also, if Trent's out... Yeah, I think just, we reverse just, the type well, Yeah, you've got to learn... It's a bit like when Thiago's out, which we've never been able to do, is find a different way of playing without him. You what know, do you so do about way. Thiago, lads? Me? Yeah. I keep. I just let him run his contract out because you'll get piss all money from him that'll be of any interest this summer. And you're using for what he should be, which is... If you get your summer recruitment right, he's just a he's a he's a very handy squad option when he's available, but you're not reliant on him, which I think has been our problem this year. Is we've been wholly reliant on Tiago, um, what's his name, Cater, Ox, and that's the problem. You're wholly reliant on players that aren't fit. Whereas if he's just a squad option, he's like fifth, sixth choice, and then when he's fit, you throw him in for the running games. He's fit, and then you take him out when you don't need him. That's what I would do. I would be asked about really, uh, he probably won't get his contract renewed, but I think it'd be 34 when his contract yeah, 34, ends. 33, pro- 34. He'll probably want to move move on then anyway. Yeah, Seb van der Berg comes back into the equation as well. Scored mm-hmm. on his return at the I think it was last weekend, scored and scored a goal on yeah. his return. Great had a horrific injury, but yeah, by horrible. all accounts had been playing well up until mm-hmm. that point. And was really good last season for Preston as well. So he's he's one who's gone on loan and done every single thing that the club have asked him to do. You know, if anything, what he's done is added value to added to his value, and plus the fact now that he's home, he's a home, he qualifies as a homegrown player as well. Mm-hmm. That in itself, even if we don't use him, it does add more to the value. I mean, we paid a pittance for him, really. I think two and a half, three million for him. So. At the end of the day, if we keep him fine, he looks a really competent player. If we sell him, I think you look you would be looking to get between ten and maybe ten and fifteen million for him, because of the homegrown talent value that he brings and the fact that when he's on loan, he's played really well. Yeah, it's it's another player. Like again, I I feel that we've got a decent enough generation that we should be expecting as a fan base. Who I don't know if any of us really follow the unders or the academy players all that seriously. I don't think any of us really do. But it feels like there's enough of a crop there that we should be expecting one of them to hit. You know, whether it whether it's a Seth Vandenberg, whether it's Connor Bradley playing it right back. You know, it might be Jake Kane or you know somebody like that in the midfield. One of these players seems ready to come up, but then two, three years' time, we should be looking at having pocketed, you know, 80 to 100 million worth of profit off of selling these players on. You know, we got to we gotta get back to doing that properly. And that's what Chelsea's do. That's what Chelsea's do really well. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Mull- Paul Mullins is homegrown. Yeah. 
Another scouser, another scouser in the team. Uh, speaking of homegrown, Chris, uh, what's the final score in the Liverpool women's game today? Did they manage to hold on for a point? No, they got uh, they lost two one to Chelsea. Uh, 80, 88th minute winner oh. for Chelsea, but the only shadow light is it might stop Man United winning the league. So that's always over. But uh, we had a oh. young girl play goals like Faye Kirby making her league debut. She's only nineteen. I think she's played. She's only played. She's played a couple of league games. She's really good. Really, really good. Um, and to be honest. After the debacle of the Leicester game, where Liverpool were dreadful, they were dreadful against bottom of the league, got beat 4 0. Um, this was a much better showing, and this was without probably one of our star players, Fuku Nagawa. She's out injured. Kerry Holland went off injured after about 60 minutes. So the spine of the midfield's gone. And of all of our pacey wingers, we've got four real pace players, only one's fit. The others are all out. So it was a very patched up Liverpool squad. So actually, two of to ride Chelsea to a 2-1, actually, is positive size. The good thing is um, Liverpool are already safe. Safe. Com- that, com- that, that was the main the thing. Com- the comfortable. Uh, the win against Brighton two games go guaranteed safety. So, um, so you know, it's just a bit of... We're just seeing the NC, so we're just planning for next year now and hopefully getting some players back fit. Uh, Boggs is laughing. Chris Brack is homegrown. I am homegrown, but Liverpool aren't <laughs> that desperate. <laughs> no one's that desperate. Well, and, and and MC makes a point. And Harvey Davies will probably step into the number three role. Three. I think so. I don't. I think you that, think he's number two, don't you? I think he'll be number two if we bring in Timo Horn. If we bring in Timo Horn, he'll be the Adrian replacement, and Harvey Davies will be number two. He just likes just, his name. Don't just you? a good. It's just a good feeling. Uh, Timo Horn's a decent <laughs> keeper. No, um, I can see Matt. Matt's trying not to crack that. I could see the inner child came out then. It's about half a dozen caps for Germany, but in fairness, Did in this look- era for Germany, anyone who gets caps for Germany ahead of Ter Stegen and Manuel Neuer, you know, well. it, yeah, you've done well even to be considered. You know, but wait, didn't we look at this guy before we signed Carius? I know that's going to give people flashbacks. No, yeah, but we did. He was he was a lot younger than I think he's twenty nine now. So mm. if you sign someone like it, it'd only be like one and a half million, one and a half, two million. He wouldn't cost the earth. He's experienced. He's been around the Bundesliga all his career. You know, he's been a, and playing in the Bundesliga at a reasonable level as well. So, if you get someone like that in as your number three, um, I've no problem with that. Ideally, you'd love to bring in an English player for that frees up options elsewhere. But look, I think Davies looks like he looks a proper mm. talent in the same way as Kelleher did at that age. And until until you see him playing, you don't know. But every all the signs that I've, since I've watched him for be it for the twenty threes, or even last season when he was on, when he was on preseason, he looks really composed on the ball, really comfortable, and his distribution is excellent. And from what I've seen of his shot stopping, it's really really good. So, ah. Monsieur Arteta, Romano confirmed the McAllister transfer already, but where to? Mm. Mm. I'd, I'd be very uh, careful just, about believing just, things at the minute. Just, just see which uh, which um, journals he's copied it off. As I believe David Austin caught him out with something like that once, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he, he leaked. He, he deliberately leaked the wrong price. He did it as an exclusive. And always said, oh, "Sorry, that was a typo." Oh, he should have said six. He should have said six daily, and just made Romano look rather yeah. foolish. Yeah, he's an absolute merchant. Shocker. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna take any sort of credence from what Fabrizio Romano said, I might be able to sell you some chicken bones that you can roll if you want to see what's gonna happen in the transfer market. Because they're 
Probably about as accurate. I thought I was asking about Everson from Leicester to go down. It's a fact, he did look good against um, Hey, I said, Kev, you were on the show with me and Gab where we were kind of, you know, playing with a little bit of math. And I said, Sam Johnstone and Alex McCarthy. And I believe Gab laughed in my face. And now both of them are getting games for their respective clubs and not looking like terrible options yeah. that you'd be able to get. Sam, as a, uh, Sam Johnstone looks shite in <laughs> the last game he played. Give a pedal, give a better than fucking Bazunu. Better than Bazunu. Yeah, it's... The thing is, Alex McCarthy is like a seasoned, experienced player. He's not going to get better. He's a seasoned yeah. will. Is Timo Horn going to get better? He doesn't have to if he's number three. That's right, and that's what that's what Mika- Alex Johnstone or no Sam Johnstone. Sam, Sam, jo- Sam, John- Sam Johnson was exactly signed for twenty million pounds. He's that good you can't save, Dave. That's how good he is. Yeah, but he was signed. I think he was signed for big money, and that's this is the problem. Unless you get an English keeper on a free, they don't move for for the, for cheap. And if you're going to be looking for some some investment to be made, I rather the investment is made in positions that you know affect games throughout a season rather than a number three who might play once in the odd game here and there if we're depending on a number three keeper then we're, our season is absolutely screwed yeah you know so yeah we st- that, honestly that's why Bracky, I'm convinced, you're gonna get the shirt that's speaking why i'm so convinced that michael elise has to be in the conversation uh, speaking for, of keepers for a forward point apparently alice uh, is now one one clean sheet show of a hundred. I mean, yeah, sad yeah. about the clean sheet this year. The fact that David De Gea seems like he's going to win the Golden Gloves. I don't know how that's happening because he's just absolutely falling I'll off the cliff. I'll tell you now where that is. But I, if, I was just curious about that. If if that means that they offer him another extended contract at United, then I'm well, all for it. He can have his Golden Gloves. De Gea's had 15 clean sheets this season. And bear in mind that the, the, back, the, way, the back four, how many goals they've conceded this season? Because United's goal difference is in single figures, I think. Well, Kev, Kev. Frank on ten. We, we beat him by seven. I know. But, but <laughs> that aside, the fact that he's got clean, 15 clean sheets. I know. In a side that, let's face it, they concede a fair, their fair share of goals. You know, it's, it's mad to me. I, I always find, I find that baffling. Um, what's his name? Allison's on 12, which... In all fairness, it's probably about four, four or five short of where he normally is. He'd normally be 17, 18. I mean, you know, with the shit so, show he's out in front of him, With the shit show he's out in front of him this season. <laughs> to be fair, got, 12's quite impressive. Before yeah, the fact he's got 12 is decent. But even Ederson, Ederson is nowhere near his normal level for clean sheets. Just yep. goes to show with Man City, they're, they're scoring goals for fun with Haaland, right? But... They're conceding a lot more goals this season than they have done in previous years. Yeah, this is playing soft goals there, but they're only to be fair, they're only four nil up when they do it. But yeah, but yeah. they're conceding more goals than what they normally do. Yeah, that's the joy. Of what happens when you can consistently score two or three goals every single game is that clean sheets become that less important for it. Uh, I felt the clean sheet, though, to bring it back to today's game, I thought the clean sheet today was wonderful. It was nice to see us getting that 1-0 grinded out. Second half, I thought that was a pretty stock standard performance. Uh, and we got it over the line. I thought it was a very professional job from everybody. Yeah. And for the most part, everybody that was asked to play a role played their role today. So uh, that's probably about enough talking for a pretty mm-hmm. standard stock home 1-0 victory yeah. over mid-table on the beach, Fulham. Uh, before we get out of here, Kev, you got anything else? What do you got? Yeah, I just want to ask Friday? you guys, ask you guys for a man of the match quickly. 
And that's the chat as well for Man of the Match. Chris? Uh, Man, of, Man of the Match, an honourable mention. Probably Trent. An honourable mention to Alisson. That's about it, really, because yeah. everybody else... No, it was terrible. I've got to say, they're probably the only that stood out. Uh, so was mentioned Salah. Salah had, actually quite, uh, had a good game as well, to be fair. But yeah, I'll probably go with Trent. Yeah, I, I would say Trent would probably be man of the match. Other than that, it might either have been Jao Paulinho or Anthony Robinson. I thought they both had spectacular Paulinho did it. Paulinho yeah. did have a fairly good game, too, though, yeah. yeah I, I, I thought they were both very, very good for Fulham. They, both of them have been huge surprise packages for me this year, especially Anthony Robinson. For me, he's really – he's put himself in, like, the top third, I'd say, of the league's fullbacks in terms yeah. of both at the back and going forward. So, But, yeah, for me, Trent, uh, 100%. I thought oh. Trent was, again, another great game. Kev? Kieran, Kieran B has gone for Trent. Paul Giovanni has gone for Henderson. Mr. Arteta has gone for Salah. Olivier has gone for Trent. Kevin Ball has gone for Trent. Uh, who else have we got? Who else have we got? Trent. Fabinho got... <laughs> was all right. John's gone Trent for Trent, but Diaz was good. Trent. You've not seen John's comment yet? No, I'm I'm getting there. I'm slow. Let me, give me a sec. Come on, come on, yeah. Kev. I've got work soon. <laughs> Man of the match was Klopp for not getting sent off. In fairness, I thought Klopp was very reserved today, but that uh, touchline bad so, is coming. Without but that. so was but you know, so was the full manager. They referenced it in the commentary, say, say, well, Marcus Hill's not happy with that penalty, said, but he's not remonstrating as much as he normally would. So it's, it's yeah. always like they were all now going, oh god, don't do anything. Well, yeah. One one thing I noticed from the the highlights that I watched of the Spurs game was after the goal went in. Um, the Spurs caretaker boss, what's his name, Ryan Mason, got right in the face of the fourth official and mm. right in his face complaining about Jota, that Jota shouldn't have been on the pitch. Funny how nothing was said. No, no, no. But I mean, for me... Seen, for the, We've seen Arteta be doing it most of the season. Yeah. Look, for me, you, it is what it is. He's, he'll probably get a touchline ban and just get on with it because he shouldn't have done what he did. No. But that's by the by. Um, I'm glad he. I'm glad he did it. It needed to be said. Um, Friday night, we've got uh, Joe on from Albion Obsessed, so we'll get their point of view on McAllister, Caicedo, Matoma, and uh, their how many players they're looking to get into their team into the team of the season. Whether the they season can keep gone. Derby. Hey, listen, they've got enough games in hand to overhaul us. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got, they got a big game games. tomorrow. They've got big games come if they win that one tomorrow night. They're in with a shout of hitting us one. into fifth. I fancy them getting something tomorrow night as well. Yeah, you know, yes. So the race for fifth now is a straight shootout between us, Brighton, and Villa. I think yeah. Spurs' heads gone. So I think it's just us and Brighton. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting race. But yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to Joe on Friday night. To be honest. Yeah, that should be good. And uh, Chris, anything else before we get out of here? No, no, I'm I'm off now until next week. I'm and off to I'm doing a key from off to Brentford on uh, Saturday. Oh, it's, I can't. I won't, wait. I, I, I won't talk about it though. Yeah, we're somebody <laughs> some somebody in the chat that has the ability to splice video together needs to go back and collect all the Keith talking about Brentford and then compile all of the inevitable Chris talking about Brentford. And we'll, we'll have a battle to see who had the better. Uh, Anfield Brentford visit. Yeah. More probably, probably me and Kevin going Villa, aren't we, Kev? Yeah, yes, looking forward to that. Can't wait. Um, 
But now, look, I mean, there's a lot in the chat there about uh, Brighton potentially signing James Milner. Look, Adam Lallana has had a new lease of life since he's gone to uh, Brighton. James Milner could do a really good job for a club like Brighton. You know, it would be, it'd be a smart signing. As long as he plays, that's the main thing. At this point, I think James Milner might have an eye on, I believe that's Gareth Barry that's ahead of him in the all-time league yeah, games maybe. played. I think he might have an eye on that of going, hey, listen, if you're going to give me 25, 30, because you know he's going to stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the... There's a long summer ahead, Paul. <laughs> yeah. The Brack Plunkett Derby. The Brack yeah. Plunkett Derby. Sounds like a cricket trophy that you'd give away. <laughs> it does sound like a cricket trophy. Yeah. yeah. The, the Brack Plunkett Trophy for best <laughs> Brentford performance. I mean, I'm pretty sure we lost that game that Keith went to, didn't we? No, they, no, they won two, no. Did they win that one? Oh, I'm thinking of the other one. Uh, well, anyway, that's a, that's only that's only when you go. That's when we lose. Nah, hey, saw Luis Diaz score an absolute screamer when we were down to ten men against Crystal Palace, and the joy of seeing Nat Phillips start a game for Liverpool in the flesh. So I'll always have that over a lot of people. I don't know if that's something worth bragging I'll, about. I'll, I'll have the seven nil over Man United, so that's all right, isn't it? Yeah, I, I can <laughs> tell you what is worth bragging about. That's uh, thanks again to Nick's. The streets are buzzing. I hope they're doing well in the playoffs if they're still in the playoffs. But with his five dollar Australian super chat tonight, he threw three fifty Australian into our GoFundMe that we're helping out with the twelve women from Dublin that are running the Dublin Marathon to raise money for breast cancer awareness. If you click the description of the show, I mean, all the people that are here regularly, we see you all in the chat. Fantastic. You guys all know the drill. Throw it into your social media. Hit a like on this video, but mostly support the charity campaign. See a few names in here I don't see before. You know, uh, amongst you, Arteta decided to pop in and see what's going on with the rest of the league after demolishing Chelsea yesterday, which is great. You got the money, Mr. Arteta. Go on over to the GoFundMe. Help these women out. Hit their fundraising goal before they end up running that Dublin Marathon in October. And if you're looking for something funny and jolly to do with uh, sports and leisure, Gav of uh, running this show. He also has his golf channel, Bang Average Golf. Go over, check that out. See if you can learn how to hit a fairway wood or a driver with his new pro videos that have come out. Uh, it's quite funny. And I believe tomorrow there's going to be a midweek fix. I'm not entirely sure the format, whether it's going to be call-in, random stuff, or whether it's going to be full Liverpool-based. But uh, Red Steve, I believe, knows. So if anybody has any questions about that, just get a hold of Red Steve about tomorrow's show. Any questions you have, he's the guy. So, But other than that, thanks for joining us, everybody. Like I said, hit the like button on your way out. Support our charity if you can. Let everybody else know they can support it as well, too. It finished at Anfield. Liverpool won. Fulham nil. The Reds march on. We'll see you guys next game. Podcast Network.